Hello, and welcome to the teacher edition of Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud. The complexity of teaching is both challenging and rewarding, and my curiosity is piqued whenever I explore with teachers the multiple pathways for facilitating student engagement in the exciting world of learning. This podcast looks to serve teachers as they motivate and support their learners. Thanks for listening. I'm delighted that you're here. Introduce students to hypotheses as part of goal-setting practices. Encouraging students to set goals for themselves, which is the first phase of self-regulated learning, helps them develop a growth mindset. That statement opens an article by Stephanie Toro titled, Guiding Students to Set Academic Goals. She adds that goal setting can help with classroom management and academic performance. It can allow students to become more aware of expectations and concrete methods to achieve an outcome. It scaffolds the process, making it more manageable. With goal setting that is reflective and iterative, students establish a growth mindset as they engage in monitoring of their progress and reflecting on it. In this podcast, I'll explore how having students work with a hypothesis model can reinforce the strengths of goal setting that Toro outlined in those comments. I have previously explored the need to be sure that goal conversations quickly move to behavior or action conversations. Reggie Rivers, a previous NFL player and now motivational speaker, reinforces that thinking in a TED Talk titled, If You Want to Achieve Your Goals, Don't Focus on Them. All right, so if you want to achieve your goals, don't focus on them. That goes against everything we've ever said about goals, right? Everything everyone ever talks about about goals is you pick out what it is you want to do, You set your goals, you write them down, you stay focused on them, you check your list over and over again, you come back to it, and that's how you achieve your goals. Well, I have learned over the course of my life and watching other people and studying other things that that is not the way to achieve goals. We all talk about setting goals, but we don't talk that much about how do you actually achieve goals. We set goals for ourselves, but our goals are things that are outside of our control. Whatever it is you want to achieve in your life, if you're, if, you, if you're a student and you want to get an A in a class, that's outside of your control. You don't get to write A's on all of your papers. You have a teacher who's going to grade those papers. You have a teacher who's going to give you assignments. Somebody else is setting the curriculum. Somebody else is grading you. You don't control what your grade is. If you, if you want to be the world's best salesman, you don't get to make all the sales yourself. You don't get to do both sides of the transaction. You've got to recruit customers into your life. Goals require you to have the participation of other people. Therefore, they are outside of your control. So if you spend too much time focusing on your goals, you never achieve them. Behaviors, by contrast, are things that you alone can do. It doesn't take a parent, a teacher, a coach, a friend, a neighbor, a spouse, a child. It doesn't require anyone else. You alone can do behaviors. And behaviors are the things that you focus on in order to achieve your goals. I have, over the years, been in classrooms where students set goals 
on increasing a score or improving their grades without there being much, if any, of a detailed plan. Those needed action plans are what I have been labeling as student learning production behaviors. In other words, what is it that the student does that causes the learning, the learning needed to achieve the goal, to actually happen? I had a concrete example of this years back when I was observing in an elementary school that had a school-wide focus on improving student writing performance. And I was meeting with a a student, I, I think he was a third grader, and he was showing me his writing folder. And I asked him if he, if he had a goal. And he told me that he did, that his goal was to move his writing score from a, a 2.5 to a 3.0. And uh, I said, that's great. Uh, what do you have to do to have that happen? And he told me that he had to have fewer punctuation mistakes and greater variety in his use of words. Um, that kind of signaled me that the teacher had had a conversation with him about what a finished product would look like uh, if it led to his improved score. But then I asked him the key question, what would you do to make that happen? And his response to me was, I have no idea. My conversation went on to share with him that he needed some learning production behaviors. And he said, I do. And I said, yeah, it's just a suggestion. Ask your teacher for a, a list of all the places that you should be using commas and put that list in your, uh, in your writing folder. And when you finish a rough draft, pull out that list and look at the first places commas are used and see if you have any of those. And look at the second place, check back, look at the third place, check back. And I'm going to guess that if you did that on each of your drafts, uh, over the uh, the next month, you'd see that you were beginning to use commas. We also talked about possibly taking his draft and having a classmate read it and have the classmate uh, identify two or three places where he could use a different word than the words that he had used uh, and maybe do the same with a, with a second colleague and then go back and change those words. And I suggested, again, if he did that over the next month, he would begin to find that he was using more of those different words in his writing. Now, in this case, I gave that student possible learning production behaviors. But I think things would go a lot further if I had engaged the student in a conversation that led to those behaviors being a possible hypothesis that the student would set out to explore. I think that would lead to greater motivation and engagement on the student's part in tracking and reflecting on the value of the behaviors that would be in the hypothesis and to see whether or not they connected to his desired goal. I came across the concept of hypothesis as part of goal setting. While I was exploring structures for teachers' goal setting as it connected to their professional growth plans, 
I was introduced to it in a business article that was titled Why Hypotheses Beat Goals, written by Jeanne Ross. She stated, quote, Not long ago, it became fashionable to embrace failure as a sign of a company's willingness to take risk. This trend lost favor as executives recognized that what they wanted was learning, not necessarily failure. Certainly, if companies want to aggressively pursue learning, they must accept that failures will happen. But the practice of simply setting goals and then being nonchalant if they fail is inadequate. Instead, companies should focus organizational energy on hypothesis generation and testing. Hypotheses force individuals to articulate in advance why they believe a given course of action will succeed. A failure exposes an incorrect hypothesis, which can more easily be converted into organizational learning. The example that she shared in the article was taken from 7-Eleven stores in Japan. And when corporate managers went out to meet with store managers, rather than asking them to set a goal for increased sales, they asked them to form a hypothesis around what actions they might take that could increase sales. They then supported the managers in collecting data and I've switched to using the word evidence, to collect data or evidence that the hypothesis was implemented and what the early and later indicators were from the implementation of that hypothesis. Results of these hypotheses were then shared across the company, generating institutional learning. You see, sharing who met their goals and who didn't really doesn't generate learning. What hypothesis strategies were successful then generated learning that others could use, as well as which hypotheses were not successful also was learning. In other words, the goal not being met but the hypothesis being executed generated a learning outcome. Consider having students take their goals and form a hypothesis around what actions or behaviors they would implement that they believe would lead to their goal being met. The students then set out to track and collect evidence that they executed the hypothesis. Later, they can begin to look for progress in moving towards the goal. If after time, progress is evident, it provides reinforcement and motivation to stay with the effort. If the behaviors are not being implemented, it raises responsibility to execute the hypothesis. If behaviors are being implemented, but progress isn't evident, it may require a new or modified behavior to be implemented.
My personal example is a weight loss plan I implemented several years back after working with a health coach. After a goal was set for the weight to be lost, I was told to stay off the scale for three weeks and to track my calories and exercise per day. That was the hypothesis. After three weeks, progress upon weigh-in motivated my execution to continue implementing the hypothesis behaviors. But after a while, the continued progress lessened and reflection with my coach said that I needed modification in the hypothesis plan in order to continue towards my ultimate goal. Consider a student who sets a goal of achieving an A- minus or better on a major research project that is due at the end of the semester, six weeks away. Last semester's writing project received a B-. Draft sections of this project are going to be due along the way, and the teacher will be providing feedback on the drafts. The student's hypothesis might be something like this. If I plan backwards from the due date and set my own deadlines ahead of the teacher's due dates on drafts, I will have time to seek feedback from others and modify from that feedback. When I get feedback on the drafts from the teacher, I will be sure I am clear on understanding them. And if not, I'll ask for a conference with the teacher for clarity. Time to digest and apply feedback will improve my final grade. If the teacher had students in small groups share the hypotheses with each other, and then maybe meet for a few minutes each week to discuss the evidence of their execution of the plan, accountability to the hypothesis would likely be increased. In the end, having students share their findings and learnings from the hypotheses can generate group learning about strategies to achieve outcomes. As another example, consider a young student who's struggling to form any friendships with her classmates. In a conversation with the teacher, they might identify a possible hypothesis. It might sound like this. If I can find out things that students are interested in and ask them to tell me about it, I can show that I'm interested in them and I am a good listener. I think kids want friends who listen. This student might role play with the teacher some questions she can use and practice probing to learn more. Checking back with the teacher every other day for a few minutes, she can be reminded of her plan, be reminded of her hypothesis and she can make needed modifications with the teacher's coaching based on how the students are responding to her. So here's my hypothesis. If teachers spend time having students form hypotheses around actions to achieve their goals, and if the teachers encourage the students to gather evidence around execution, and importantly, 
guide some reflection on what the students are finding. Teachers can increase student success in achieving their goals, as well as empowering them in learning how to plan for future goals. I'd love to hear your thoughts on taking a hypothesis approach to goal setting, as well as any questions that you have. Let me know if you've implemented such an approach and what you've found. You can always reach me at barclaypd.com. Good luck, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening in, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Barkley or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barclaypd.com.